Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, our guest is Heidi Waltz. She is a passionate advocate for those navigating the challenges of spondyloarthritis and has proudly served as the support group leader for SAA in the Piedmont Triad region of North Carolina for the past five years. Having personally faced the impact of ankylosing spondylitis for two decades, she brings a very unique perspective and empathy to her role. Beyond her dedication to the spondylitis community, she has a rich background as an educator and is currently a health and wellness coach with experience in guiding clients through diverse health concerns. Her love for photography has blossomed into a thriving portrait photography business while she captures the essence of individuals and families. She enjoys spending time with her husband, two daughters, and two beloved dogs, embracing a holistic approach to life. She also cherishes moments spent camping with her family, practicing yoga, kayaking, and embarking on exciting travel adventures around the globe. Heidi, welcome to SpondyCast. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. This is great. Thanks for coming. Uh, I love the work you're doing. So we're going to talk today about finding community. And for many listeners, and I think people with spondyloarthritis, uh, SAA's support groups have been transformational. So I know they were for me. Uh, so let's just start talking about the support group you lead and what inspired you to do this. Sure. Uh, when I first moved to North Carolina, I was searching for an online support group or a local support group. And I when I found the Spondylitis Association of America and they had there was a support group in Raleigh and one in Charlotte. And both of those groups were a little too far for me to drive about an hour and a half each way. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start my own. <laughs> and I so I went from not even attending a support group to just jumping right in and starting my own support group. And that was about five years ago. That was, that was five years ago. Our first meeting was at the local library in their meeting room. Oh, wow. And how often are you guys getting together? So currently we get together uh, once a month and we meet online virtually through Zoom and it's going well. Yeah. And I'm sure COVID, well, COVID transformed the way most of us meet <laughs> and show up. Um, has the group grown since COVID began? It really has. You know, we were meeting uh, in person only. And then when COVID hit, it was just all virtual. And we have actually stayed pretty much all virtual. We've met uh, in person once uh, recently at a local bakery, but I believe people prefer the online. There are quite a few people who live either out of state or too far to drive. So it's it's nice to have that ability to for everyone to meet online. Yeah. I can imagine, particularly, I think, with when you have spa and it's can be a challenge to just like hop in the car and drive 20 minutes somewhere. Uh, 
So you also have spa, spondyloarthritis. Uh, what was your road like in your journey? Can, do you mind sharing some of that? Sure. It's been quite a journey. So I was diagnosed 20 years ago. I still cannot believe it's been that long. Uh, so my symptoms started in my early 20s with the low back pain, sciatic pain, and then many doctors later, and it it took about two years for me to be diagnosed. I know I'm one of the fortunate ones because, like you know, it takes yeah. about seven to ten years on average to be diagnosed. So I woke up one morning and both of my eyes were red and they hurt. And comes to find out I had I was diagnosed with iritis and sure. my ophthalmologist asked me if I had back pain. And I thought it was very strange at that time for an eye doctor to be asking about my back. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but I, I was later tested positive for HLA B27, went to a rheumatologist and um, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. The, the journey I've been on, uh, I was on biologics for 15 years, um, which I truly believe slowed the progression of my disease. And currently I'm doing well. Um, I've solely been on um, diet and exercise actually for five years. So oh, wow. my, my journey kind of switched over <laughs> to something different. That's amazing. And yeah. can I ask what spurred that? Uh, well, a lot of research, uh, that primarily research and you know, I was, I just felt that I, I've, I had some symptoms with the biologics and I was like, well, maybe let's see if I could do this and let's see if the research it claims are correct, you know? So I kind of just did a little experimentation yeah. um, and it's, it's turned out to be quite a, quite a journey. That's so amazing. That, that could be a whole other spawny cast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. I've done a lot of that. I haven't taken the leap yet to <laughs> biologic from my life. Uh, did you? Do you still have symptoms on and off, or do you feel pretty very, very, um, very little? Um, it's you know I have flares here and there, but nothing, nothing drastic. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really say I'm in remission because I, I don't know if there's, I guess you could truly get to a remission, um, but I would say I'm like low disease activity. Yeah. That's my level right now. I've had this conversation. I still get occasional yeah. iritis, you know, so. Yeah. It's, well, in remission is a hard word, I think, for yeah people like us. It's, uh, I once got into it like with a couple of doctors. <laughs> And I was like, how can you say remission? We can't like give up. It doesn't ever go away. Right. It's always right. kind of there bubbling, you know. Exactly. Uh, so I get your sensitivity to that word. I, I have it as well. And I've, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, okay. So as you were coming into support group land, uh, did you know anyone else with SPA? Like when you started uh, finding out about SAA? I did. Um, and I still do. <laughs> My brother is has, oh. a, has AS as well. 
So uh, was he already diagnosed when you got he, diagnosed? He was, he was recently diagnosed uh, when I started the support group. Okay. So, so he came he, after I, you. I believe he had it for, he was diagnosed maybe two or three years prior to me starting okay. the support group. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, what, I know you were looking for a support group, but like what really was the impetus and what did it mean to you to meet more people who have the, who have AS and be part of their journey? Yes. I, I was just, I'm just, I was really wanting to meet other people who have spa. I mean, it was since being diagnosed, you know, I was in my twenties, didn't know anyone for the longest time that could relate to what I was going through. Yeah. And it's just nice to find people who have been through or going through the same things you are. So that's, that's primar primarily why I started. Yeah, it is. It's a, and you start to, as you, then you start to find more and more and more and more people. There are so many people with it. Right. Uh, so in terms of uh, the support group and the, the community around it, uh, what do you think are some of the biggest benefits of being part of a group like that? Well, um, I believe that it's so important to, you know, being diagnosed with the chronic disease can really impact one's mental and emotional health. Yeah. It's easy to get depressed and fear the unknowns. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, it was a relief, but at the same time, it was like emotionally devastating. Like, oh no, thinking about what's my future going to look like living with a chronic disease. But I believe that talking with others who have gone through the same thing and can help manage those emotions. I mean, it's really, it's really important to have that support. A hundred percent. And as you have now worked within the support group for five years, you have a, probably a good set of data. Do you see people improving their well-being and mental health as they've worked within the support group that you lead? Have you seen? Yes. Yes. Uh, I have seen my group Blossom be more, um, they're so positive. And yeah. when we have new people join that either have just been diagnosed or have, have been diagnosed for a long time and are just really dealing with some difficult things, we all jump in and support each other and encourage each other. And it's, it's a very positive environment. Nice. And is, uh, are, is most everyone from, and I don't know where Piedmont is in. Uh, it's in the middle of the state. So Greensboro, I don't know if you know, know where Greensboro. Yes. No. So it's okay. Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem area. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I was like the triad. I was thinking of like Charlotte and, uh, that area. <laughs> Uh, so, but just about everybody is from that neck of the woods, if you will. Uh, uh, we have the majority are from around North Carolina, but we sometimes have people join from New York, from Florida, from California. So it's, it's really nice to see, uh, new people join in 
And I know that the, the pardon me. Just to have a new perspective, yeah. Yeah, and the meetings now are all posted. There's calendar online, right? On correct yes. website. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so funny how COVID opened up a so many avenues for people to find what works for them, even if it's not right in their backyard. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about a meeting format and how you guys move through your time together? Sure. Uh, so. Our meetings are very casual. Um, I like to have people come in. We usually just do a round table most of the time, round table discussions. We occasionally have uh, guest speakers. Um, so when we have new members come on, we, we introduce, uh, have them welcome them and have them introduce themselves. We also, I also talk about essay updates, which is really important. And let's see what else we do. So, so most of the time when we do the roundtable discussions, they really turn into a casual conversation. And it's, it's really nice for everyone to be able to share their own stories and experiences in that group environment. And we all motivate each other. Yeah. And you show up in a space like that and it's, even if you're not, at least I've found, even if you're not being the one that needs to talk that day, you generally leave having, you leave with more than you showed up with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and that can, that alone, right. Can quietly be inspiring to, to keep going forward. Uh, so do you guys have, are there topics that pop up over and over uh, primarily or what are some of those conversations around? Yeah, a, a lot of topics that, that come up are uh, regarding biologic medications. That's a, that's a really popular topic. Also alternative therapies such as massage, acupuncture, CBD, yoga. Those are, those are also some uh, diet as well and stress. Um, I'm trying to think of another. Oh, recently, one that my group likes is the Spondy Hacks. The Spondy Hacks? Spondy Hacks. So, oh, Spondy Hacks. I love that. Yes, Spondy Hacks. They love those. So we, we kind of give a, a new Spondy Hack. So, And those are things that make your life easier living with, with spa. So things like, you know, devices to help you pick things up off the floor or... Yeah. So there's what else? Is, like what? Okay. So we, we should do a whole episode on Spondy hacks. Yes. Like some, some creams, like some, someone recommended some type of cream, uh, a great heating pad or uh, a special pillow that they, they like that helps them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, <laughs> I make know, easier. no, I know personally there's one I use. It's uh when you th thought of the creams that everyone looks at me sideways when I say it, uh, I use this uh, menthol ointment, but I get it uh -huh. at like Farm and Fleet because <laughs> it's got a higher menthol content than what you can uh -huh. buy at the grocery store. Yes. Because <laughs> um, it's made for horses. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's stronger. And I literally like slather it on when my ankles are bad. 
That's interesting. Right? I love the yeah. idea. Oh my gosh. I would love it if people sent in and we made a list mm-hmm. of hacks and talked through them. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Okay. That that's a good one. I like I like that a lot. What's your favorite spondy hack? Oh, I would have to say my seat cushion. Oh, like for so your I'm desk. I'm sitting on it right now. And it's one actually SAA sent me. Really? Is it one of the like with the don't not the donut, but like the it's like the gel one, I think. Really? I like, yes. <clears throat> I didn't get one. Uh <laughs> I think uh, I won it in one of the raffles or something. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm always looking for those kinds of things. Or my other, my travel hack, and I know you like to travel, is, you know, the like six inch Pilates balls uh, yes. that you can, they have the pin and you can like deflate them and inflate them. Mm-hmm. I, for years, have one in my, like in my suitcase or my bag, like my carry on. And then when I'm sitting, I use it, like I blow it up just enough to get lumbar or you can deflate mm-hmm. it or I drive with it under my, uh, just above my knee to take yes. the tension off the hips. That was my best spondy hack. So I, uh, do you, okay. So guest speakers, I, mm-hmm. uh, who do you usually have or is it requested by members? How do you so- we have, uh, we've had many guest speakers and I would, I'm, I'm trying to think back of when we started five years ago, I believe the first guest speaker I had was a nutritionist and nice. she was fabulous. Uh, so she just talked all about nutrition and, uh, autoimmune diseases. And let's see who we've had, uh, recently we had a massage therapist come on and talk about all the different massage techniques and the importance of communicating with your massage therapist, which is like super important. That's a really good topic. Maybe yes. steal that one too. <laughs> and also the importance of massage therapy for the spa community. I mean, it's, I, I regularly, regularly go to the massage therapy. I, yeah, it's, it's necessary. Uh, I also recently tried lymphatic massage. Oh, which nice. we'll see if it helps or not. I don't know. Nice. Um, it is the holidays, so right. there's a lot of junk building up there. Oh, and we've also had a physical therapist. Oh, nice. He actually had joined my support group, and he also has so he also has AS. So we had him present. That's special. And uh, also, let's see. So the other group members in North Carolina, the Raleigh group and the Charlotte group, we kind of combined forces during during the pandemic and nice. had like a North Carolina group uh, guest speakers. So we had a Tai Chi instructor and a sleep medicine practitioner. So it's it's been great. The Tai Chi is amazing. I would mm-hmm. love to get that name. I've been, uh, we just recently heard, was it for... Uh, during the unmet needs conference, one of the docs presented on Tai Chi. Uh, and I can't remember if it's the studies were rheumatoid or if it was AS, but like the benefits of Tai Chi for, for these as a treatment modality was really fascinating. I think that's only going to gain steam. Uh, 
yeah, it takes a little discipline, but I would love that person's name. Um, so when you look at your larger community of friends and connections, have some of the people from the support group become an integral part of your life in general? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so I was talking about the other support group leaders actually in North Carolina, and we became very close, Robin and Charlotte and Heather and Minnie and Raleigh. And we, when everything was online, we started meeting together on Zoom, just trying to figure things out. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, so we, we brainstormed ideas and we had virtual happy hours and we just kind of, it was nice to form those friendships, especially when the whole world was shut down. Yeah, <laughs> but, for sure. But also, yeah, so our group, um, the, the members in our group actually have become close as well. And we, we did actually have a, a lunch meeting before the pandemic too. So we met in person oh. for lunch, so. I love that. When I, the short time I did support group, I, uh, Gail Wright was my uh, counterpart in, in Chicago. And uh, I just saw her last weekend. So I was like, oh, great. <laughs> it's so great to like, some of the people I've met, it, it, I think you probably feel the same way. It's like so valuable, the community yes. that builds around how we support each other. Uh, I highly encourage people on the support group side to, to check it out. It's absolutely. You find out you're not alone and that makes it easier to step forward. I think. Yes. It's so important. So as you've gone through now five years, uh, were you in Denver in 2018? No, I actually okay. joined the group right after that. Okay. Yes. I wonder. I was like, I don't remember seeing her. <laughs> uh, so when, as you have built this group and uh, what was, what's the most challenging thing about leading it? Well, I believe the most challenging, one thing that sticks out in my mind is just having to go virtual Yeah. right after, you know, because I had just started the group. We were meeting in person, I think, for a, a year, and then and then everything went virtual. Yeah. So so learning how to use Zoom and all of that was the most challenging part. When you're leading a group and volunteering your time, it takes mental energy to support others. I, uh, you are obviously a very loving, kind, and generous person. I. Uh, but it does take, it can take, it's, it can take a lot of energy. Why are you so committed to this work and, and why is it so important to you? Leading this group has just been so fulfilling. It really has. I, I enjoy the sense of community that it's provided and I find joy in everyone coming together to support and motivate each other. It's just, it's just been so amazing. I love that. It would be really cool to have people write down like 
the impact of those support groups on their lives since they started and yes. what they draw from them. I'm creating all these projects for you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, ideas are free, right? Uh, yeah. So if someone isn't part of a support group currently, uh, what would you say to them or recommend? Well, I really wish I had joined a support group 20 years ago when I was first diagnosed because I've seen firsthand the benefits that it provides. Um, I believe it would have helped me cope emotionally to first being diagnosed and dealing with the symptoms and being able to talk with others who were going through the same thing. <laughs> what would you say to our listeners with SPA who are not already part of a support group? Would they, would you recommend they try a couple? What do you think people gain those first as they enter into the support group world? I, I believe everyone should try a support group. Uh, it, it really has helped me being a leader. Um, I believe that I really wish I would have joined a, a support group 20 years ago uh, after being first diagnosed. It's really helps um, listening to other people's stories and being able to relate to other people who are going through the same things. Uh, it, the friendships that are formed are invaluable. The knowledge gained from talking about research and uh, also having a sense of community and being able to positively motivate others and having that positive motivation and support for yourself. Yeah, I think that's huge. And it's, uh, and people can check something out. They don't have to be, there are many, many, many different groups. Uh, I think in 20, nearly 25 states right now. Isn't that right? I think. I believe so. Yeah, there's quite a few and there's, uh, and for anybody who doesn't know, I guess that's listening, the, uh, on spondylitis.org, there is a page on resources and support that has the calendar of when all of these are taking place. And I think there's many to choose from across, you know, throughout the month. Uh, weekends, evenings, generally. Uh, I think it's a it's a place that you you can I would describe it as like you you can find some peace sometimes for like what yes. is yes because it's not easy. Um anything else you want to share before we wrap up? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to share information about support groups with everyone. And I, I encourage anyone to join. You're amazing. Thank you for your continued uh, contribution to changing people's lives for the better uh, and being there. Uh, yeah, this was so great. I'm so glad I finally got to meet you. I've seen your name and I haven't. <laughs> We haven't met, so it's it's awesome. And keep up the good work. Uh, and I know that there's there's many more opportunities. I think as we continue to collaborate. So thank you. 
Thank you so much. It was nice meeting you as well, Jill. You too. SpondyCast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit, educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.